Gamers, it's Rubik here for episode 20 of Gamers Galaxy podcast um, with as usual the usual co-host, uh, WT. How are you, mate? I am doing fantastic. I'm absolutely geeked out about this podcast today, and we have a very, very impressive guest and a very impressive game up and coming uh, with the Bitfry Studios, Infinite Victory. I'm super, super excited to dive into this. I did get to play test it, and I love it. Uh, it brings back a lot of good memories for me. Yeah. Um, so That's welcome to the podcast, uh, Ben. Um, do you yeah. want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm Ben Friedland. I'm the founder of founder and CEO Emeritus of uh, Bitfry Game Studios. And uh, thanks for having me on your show. Talk about the game. Glad to hear you like playing the, uh, <laughs> the pre-beta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played it as well. Um, I like... I'm more in this kind of game. I'm a PvP person. I want to play against real people. So you know, without you know, just but to get the feel of the actual, the movement and you know the graphics. Just you can see that it's going to be a massive hit of a game. It just needs that. You know, we're early days still. We just need that. You know, game loop in ter- the gamification side of it added to it as well as the first the ability to first people. So yeah, once that um, com- comes out, you know, obviously that's where it's going. Is it going that way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you raised a great point. I mean, um, I think arcade action sports games or any sports games generally always ultimately need to be played human versus human, right? And, um, you know, I don't know how much you know about the history of the game or the studio, but we had initially launched this game and our hockey game on Apple Arcade three and three and a half years ago, respectively. Um, and because of the focus of that platform, um, being, a, you know, a casual, I, I think it's fair to say a casual gaming platform um, on mobile, that there was a pretty big emphasis, especially from us too, on being able to play the game in a single player mode. Um, even though the genre, right, and the full vision of what we created really wants to be played multiplayer, we did release the game with multiplayer uh, on both cases. So we, we, we've we had and have implemented um, a full server-based multiplayer mode for the hockey and the basketball game and we're in the process of re-implementing and upgrading that for the future uh of this franchise which is now infinite victory so i i wholly agree with you on that um although i think also one one second did you say a hockey a hockey and another game as well hockey and basketball so it's not just basketball it's going to be hockey as well or is that a different game or what yeah yeah we've yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, because we're, you know, we're kind of coming from like this, the, the old world, as I like to call it, Web 2. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we first built the hockey game. It took us about seven months, which is no time at all to make a game. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and it, you know, we I think we did a really good job in that time frame. It was very high quality for the amount of time we had. And then we, pit, we pivoted right into the basketball game, building on the same core engine that we had begun with hockey. 
and it is the same franchise, meaning that the concept um, of having athletes from other sports in the game loop was in hockey as well. So you had, at that time, you had NBA players, you had MLB, NFLPA, um, all the athletes in that hockey game. And then we moved to basketball, all the athletes moved to basketball. And that's what we have with Infinite Victory here on IMX. We have, you know, if you notice, I'm sure you have a soccer player, you have a hockey, baseball, basketball, and American football. Um, so yeah, multiplayer is something that's absolutely critical to any franchise like this. And that said, I also think we borrowed so much from fighting games as well as sports games. Um, I always felt that with this kind of genre, which has a high skill cap, it's a pretty, you know, you can pick it up and play it, but it also can be a pretty demanding game. It's nice to be able to play against the computer, if you will, because um, it, especially in that initial, you know, few hours of playing, you really can get a hang of it. And I think it's a little less demoralizing than jumping right on and playing multiplayer and not knowing what you're doing. So I think it's important to have both modes, but I'm 100% with you that the true future of any game like this really is going to rest in in the kinds of ways you can play it socially and with people either in the same room with you or across the world. Yeah. I did some uh, d digging on the on the background of, of your company and where you've come from and stuff, and you, you were talking about it. Uh, I was checking out the Ultimate Rivals game. I liked uh, something that you said. It was in an interview. You talked about it to relate it so people can understand what type of game it was. You said it was like NBA Jam meets Street Fighter meets Rocket League. And what I think that was perfect what you said because when I was playing it the other day, that's kind of how I that's kind of I felt. I really felt the NBA Jam. Uh, I really felt the action packed of like a Rocket League. And you know, you could tell that there was definitely some room to put some fighting aspects, and that there's a lot of different scenarios you can do and i kind of i want you to tell it because you're going to frame it better but what, sure. what is your inspiration for going with this genre yeah well i mean in general it's just the genre i mean originally i started the studio with the uh goal of making a an arcade baseball video game and i was inspired originally by what i still maintain is the all-time greatest arcade baseball game which was baseball simulator 1000 <laughs> um on the nintendo entertainment system um, I don't think anything's yet come close to that in terms of like just the feel and the control of that game. And my, my, my vision was to make a baseball game that felt like that, but that was set in the, in the past and had a sort of RPG, uh, historical element to it. Sort of like, um, you know, the movie, the natural was inspired by that. And ultimately after toiling away and trying to make that happen, we, we ended up uh, releasing hockey games set in a, in the dystopian future <laughs> in a sci-fi universe, so things kind of went in a different direction. But the the core spirit of it never really changed, which is that I felt that like um, the consolidation of of you know uh, AAA game publishers and also sort of the dawn of like what I call peak realism and graphics processing took the focus away from the gameplay of sports and really put it on the recreation of of commercial broadcast sports and trying to kind of make people feel like they were playing an ESPN broadcast, which is, is understandable. It's really cool. It's something that we would aspire to do once the technology came out. But what happened was all of those cool games like NBA Jam and Street and the Midway games and even the Mario sports games, they all just kind of, for the most part, disappeared. Right. And I think, you know, sports games began to feel more like, I mean, they, they began to feel more like uh, cutscene, 
CD-ROM full motion video, you know, mm-hmm. games from the 90s in the sense that like you, you just lost that tactile immediacy that you would find back then and still today in any fighting game, right? And that's really where the inspiration for the Street Fighter uh, reference came from was not so much the combat element, um, although there's a little bit of that in our hockey game with checking. Um, and certainly you can get that feeling with the blocking and basketball. But really the the window of immediacy, the, necess- the necessity for timing around moves and countering, you know, a sort of strategic depth in how you play the game, which I don't think, um, uh, and this is no critique, but you, I don't think you find so much of that in NBA Jam. I mean, a little bit of it there, but we wanted to take that and really go much further with it and make the game feel like, uh, something that you could become a competitive master at that would take a lot of time. And even after having done so, you might meet someone you'd never met before who just completely unraveled everything you thought you understood about the game. That was the real vision. Interesting. So, obviously, the we, we like to ask where the influence of the game comes from. So you've kind of like covered most of that. But also, the NBA Jam side of it, you've just hired, you know, the, the ex-voice or the voice of the original NBA Jam. I guess that's part of the inspiration is the the sound and the, the nostalgia of these types of games. I assume that's what you're going for there. Do you want to explain to us what other, maybe other sure. influences as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, NBA Jam is a huge influence. It's It's got to be the biggest influence from just a pure IP, you know, name recognition standpoint. I think gameplay-wise, NBA Street 2, um, there's some a little bit of inspiration. I mean, we didn't really copy anything directly um but you know it's a genre where a lot of things are just you know copied over time and um street 2 is a big one um as far as tim kitsrow goes um you know i i had the opportunity to meet him fairly early on and i resisted the idea of bringing him into the project because i didn't want to just um you know take a direct lift of something from another game like jam and just be like oh we we put tim in the game and like he's doing the same thing um that felt like everything else we were trying to do we you know we're inspired by something but we're not trying to create a copy of something we're not trying Mm -hmm. to just update something or make a retro play at all it had to be innovative and different and that's why with tim and i don't know how much of this has been communicated (laughs) in the web 3 infinite victory uh, world of the story versus you know the uh, the original ultimate rivals but the 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 real goal of this is to have tim playable in the game so you you know as of right now like uh-huh. we've we've yeah we've modeled him we have his character concepted out and you know the idea being and i'm i'm gonna just stop sort of like making promises about about anything just because of the nature <laughs> of yeah just the nature of game development like nothing That's... i'm saying is a promise to a consumer or anything like that or, let's or just, anyone let's put this let's put this disclaimer we forgot to do it at the start anything you yeah. say is yeah. not to be taken as it, it will be in the game 100 percent. it's all right. in we all know it's an in development and things change for whatever reason from whatever stand, standpoint exactly. and so if you say anything it might not come to, to fruition so yeah, yeah it's so yeah. It's uh, it's you mentioned something about story there um is there going to be a story to the game or, as well, well is that what yeah i mean there was a story we actually put together a comic book arc of uh, five issues around Ultimate Rivals. And, and for my, like, for me, Ultimate Rivals and Infinite Victory, they're, they're the same game, right? You know, they're, they're it's just a, a re, 
framing of the IP name as we moved into this space. But the work we did, there's there's no part of it really that we shed whatsoever. So not to confuse people, but you know, we put together a comic book arc and there's a backstory about why all these athletes are playing against each other in this very futuristic dystopian uh, themed game. You know, what's the story behind it? And there's an evil, you know, there's an, there's an evil AI character. There's um, an evil, you know, future dystopian corporation. We drew some inspiration from, you know, things like Blade Runner. And you can see a little bit of that in the launch trailer for Ultimate Rivals, the, uh, the court that we released when we were on Apple Arcade. You can see a little bit of that in an animatic that we put in the front of it. Um, and I think that with gamers, you know, I don't know. They don't really care about stories in games that are not RPGs, that are not deep RPGs. But I also felt that it's okay if people skip over it. Having some kind of conceit is important. It doesn't have to be laced into every element of the game. It doesn't have to be something that you need to know about. But I think it's important just to have a cohesive product and a cohesive universe that you're escaping into to play, that there is something there that you can dig into. Plus, it makes it nice for, for marketing and also opens up the potential for crossovers from other, you know, other IP, whether it's in the um, Web3 space, which is something we're looking at doing right now. Um, although I'm not going to name any names, but having a backstory and having characters and archetypes and, you know, especially now that we've taken the professional IP out of the game and we don't have any licensed athletes at the moment in the game, um, it became even more important to me that we had done that that kind of legwork and built some some kind of universe with stories behind it. That way, it wasn't this just very generic. Like you know, I don't I don't want it to feel like a game that ended up in the bottom of like a Walmart, you know, <laughs> bin for nine ninety nine. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of art in the game, as much as there is a lot of technology. And if people ultimately skip over it, that's okay. But it's important that it's there. That's very cool. I like. Uh... I, I was doing some uh, uh, some further digging. Your CMO, he's listed as a master storyteller, and I'm sure he's probably involved with what you were just saying there. Uh, I've never even heard of a master storyteller, but that sounds sounds pretty amazing. I, I, I assume that he's handling most of that that you were just talking about. Well, we've had a fair number of people working on the story. If you're referring to to Jack Dalrymple, who's our CMO, yeah, I mean he's had a big part in. And that's a great that's a great frame him. but i mean he's been masterful at creating um pretty much every video that's ever showcased the game every trailer every every single thing we've ever done um that's had a big impact you know thanks to him and then we also had you know in our previous in our previous development cycles when we were building these things we had a pretty big team and we had a designer um who had worked on um, the the uh, Bethesda Oblivion game and the Skyrim game actually I think was probably the game he worked on. Wow. So we had people who had yeah experience with, and, and that was relevant in terms of like developing the comic and developing the backstory. And not much of that has come out. I think I've teased some of it at one point on Twitter in a past life, but we're going to bring that back to the surface and um, make it a feature of you know what we're doing. Hmm. That's. You've got a pretty star-studded lineup uh, in your in your team. You've, you know, you've uh, we've heard you confidently say that you're a top project in terms of, you know, capability. Like, what what is the team like? Um, you know, are you able to give us numbers and you know, like describe it a little bit to us? Yeah, I mean, it's changed over time. I mean, um, game development's um, it's it's a tricky thing, right? Because it's pretty, it's a pretty expensive endeavor. Um, it's like making a movie, but the 
production never really ends. <laughs> it's like I've mm -hmm. always thought, you know, games are harder today, especially since, you know, in the old days, you can wrap a game, you ship gold code, put it on a CD or put it in a cartridge. And that was it. You know, there was nothing else, really. Um, but today it's 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 a lot different, right? Because you have people's live ops expectations and so forth. But at the height of development, I think we reached a team in aggregate. If you counted, you know, core team in house, and then any external studio support teams, and there was a fair number of those with a variety of sizes, probably reached over a hundred heads. Um, especially if you counted ops and, and and everything, legal, the whole thing. But we've built two games now, and I think we're in an interesting position, especially in the Web3 space, because um, the core of the product that, you know, the hardest part of making a 60 frame per second action arcade video game, um, I think we've done the, the greatest majority of. And at this point, it's it's more about, like, what's the meta? And you, you referenced earlier, like, it's important to have multiplayer and then the meta on top of that. That's that's a um, becomes more of a scientific endeavor, I think, and less of an artful one, um, or less of a tech art, if you will. And I think so. You know, we need a, a smaller team for that going forward than we did making making the gigantic thing that we've already produced. So we'll probably be on average about a tenth of that size. Um, but at the same oh, wow. time, you're able, yeah, you're able to make pretty big shifts around it. Um, because you've built up an engine, you've built up tool sets and you've built up chain, you know. Um, however, when you get to artwork and any kind of like live ops and introducing, you know, skins and characters and things like that, that's when I think it could become labor intensive again. But we're not we're not in that phase at this moment right now. Mm. What, what's the so you mentioned you, you touched on the uh, kind of like uh, the meta on top of the game. So obviously the core loop of the game is get the basketball and put it into the hoop, you know, and, and try, <laughs> yeah. and do that, do, try and do that. Try and do that. With more, the most, do that, yeah. With the most know, that, possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> try, try and do that more times in the opposition. So that's the core game. But we, we also touched on, you know, that there's going to obviously need to be something on top of that to keep people, you know, in the, in the long term coming back. And so you're in that phase now yeah. of, of designing that kind of side of things <clears throat> along with the web three integration. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, I think uh, one of the challenges with a game like this is like there's just so many potential ways to go, right? I mean, it's not a reminder. It's just not just a basketball game, but it's a basketball game in which you could play three on three with um, three hockey players versus three hockey players. Like that's a thing. That's a possibility. Um, and so a lot of work went into building an attribute system for all these different athletes so that there was theory crafting that you could do around how to play and how to win with the permutation of athletes and even mm -hmm. positions it within those sports, right? Like, you know, a quarterback is going to be able to do things that a wide receiver can't do and vice versa within our basketball game. That's that's really, you know, the premise. So there's a there's a depth and a breadth of ways to explore the game. And the meta has to capture people's interest in those axes, right? And at the same time, um provide a, a ramp into the future that I think has a lot to do with their investment in time, time, not money, but their investment in time in the game. So that, you know, the more you're playing and getting better at a game like this, the more you have to show for it. And what exactly that means um, is something that there's about 10 different answers for. Um, and that's what we're, one of the things that we're, you know, we're currently working on, on determining and arriving on like a final, you know, approach to. 
I was laughing the the core game loop. We made it sound so vanilla, just put the ball in the hoop, but it's so much sexier than that when I was playing it. I'm flying all over the place. There's fire going on. There's fireworks. All this crazy stuff to like really engage you in it. And uh, I just, I, I, I think it's going to pull more people in than just putting putting the ball in the hoop. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I didn't mean to under, under you know, underplay. No, yeah, no, 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 no. But I was, I was breaking it down. So to ultimately, do that. that's the loop. You know, when you break it down to a, a loop, yeah. that's the loop to get the ball in the net. You know, and right. uh, my yeah. my call. You know, obviously, to way to do that in the game. There's you've explained the nuances to to that and the strategy behind it as well. But I was also thinking like, you know, like. These kind of games, like leaderboards, um, rising up the top of the leaderboard, uh, tournaments. There's so many opportunities within this. You've made the cool, like core technical loop of the game and the idea behind it. Then, you know, is there any? Is there a vision for the like, or is there an end vision for the for the final core loop? Or are we not there yet? Are we still in the design of that? Um, so when you talk about the final core loop in terms of like within the context of just one one um, experience, I mean, I actually believe um, so within the the the, the pre beta or whatever you want to call the build that I think he just played. Um, there's a training mode, and there's a tutorial mode, which is pretty standard in any game. Um, and then there's a, a mode called time attack. The training mode I borrowed from the idea of the dojo in in Street Fighter and other other fighting games where you basically you start out you're just one character you're on the full length basketball court and you can just sit there and play for 10 i mean it's meditative if you want it to be right you could just sit there and shoot hoops you can configure any number of, of permutations of the team so it's three against nobody tactic you could just do do that to practice your alley-oops basically it's a mode where you can explore the full um extent of what we built and practice it and get really good at it but it's also a mode that we use to f come up with new modes. Um, and one of the, the things I didn't like about what we initially released on Arcade, because we just, you know, we had 14 months to make the basketball game, and the core uh, game loop for that build was a three, I, from, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a three-minute, three-on-three basketball game. That was it, right? Three minutes, you're done. And it was very frustrating because, as you noted, this game is very hypersonic. Like, it's very loud and busy and engaging mm -hmm. and just when you get going <laughs> just when you get going the game was over the match was over and i hated it i hated it It was so anticlimactic and we came up with this mode called time attack which was essentially inspired by old arcade cabinet game like space invaders like how long can you play mm. basketball before you quote unquote die <laughs> you know <laughs> and can you keep extending can you keep extending the game and get a high score and to me especially for a single player mode like why would you ever play three and three against the computer it's ultimately boring very quickly at least with with this mode you know if you're on a subway and you don't have reception you're not playing multiplayer whatever right you want something that you can just kind of engage in on your on your own that's what this mode was about but i'm answering your question in this way because the reality is like there's a lot of different ways we can use the engine to make different game modes and so the if what you're referring to as the core game loop is the time attack mode i would say that's just one of many potential ways to do it and then of course of course for multiplayer you're going to have a standard versus you know maybe it's a three minute match and you won't mind that it ends that quickly because there's more stakes involved and you're not just beating a, a cpu 
Yeah, I like. Mm. Uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. You're, you're almost playing against yourself trying to beat your own personal record in that mode because I, I noticed that with the points at the end, and I was like, oh, okay, I can see this. Like, you know, being on those leaderboards, having the bragging rights of like, okay, I hit this high score. I'm in the top ten now. And that that's a way more engaging than, like you said, playing against a computer and you figure out the idiosyncrasies of the computer and how to beat it. So, yeah, that's yeah. an ongoing loop, basically, is what you're doing. That's that's brilliant. And it gets harder and harder. And, you know, there's um, there's a guy out there at B-Tactics TV who was an original OG OG fan on Ultimate Rivals with Apple Arcade. And he was streaming in the very early days, even with our hockey game. Um, and he, you know, he's, he and one other person that I know of have hit over a million points in time attack mode, what? um, in, in the infinite victory. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I've seen people who jump on the game and this is actually a humbling thing because you're building this game. You're like, I, this is my idea. All these ideas are, you know, coming from me or at least me and my close team. And you quickly see people who just go in and just like dissect it and like become better than you at the game within 15 minutes like they're just that good of a gamer you <laughs> I know? hate those people i hate those people so much man <laughs> but, i just but, it really don't, drives me insane it, that they have that capability it's nutty it's nutty and it's frustrating as a gamer but i felt like if that hadn't happened then we definitely had some kind of uh piece of garbage on our hands with what we built right so the fact that people were able to do that and like keep keep pushing the game um that's that's awesome you know that's a good sign from from where i sit when, yeah. when i was playing the game we're talking about playing the game i noticed that it felt like and maybe i'm wrong it felt like some of my players were better at dunking and some of my players were better at shooting is that part of the mechanics yes for sure i mean soccer players are really good at stealing in our basketball ah. game Okay. They're so not so good be, at dunking. There's gonna, yeah. There's going to be st like stats behind each play you've got, sort of thing. And, yeah. And, yeah. There's uh, attributes and yeah. Attributes. We had them in. Yeah. They're not surfaced in these builds, but um, and and how you represent them. I mean, you could you can you could compress them or you know pull them out and make them really detailed. Um, it depends on the attention span of your sort of core demographic, and we had them surfaced in in the Ultimate Rivals build, but at the moment they're they're just sort of buried in there, so you're not seeing it. But yeah, they're okay. functional. Also, one versus one uh, is confirmed. Is there a potential for two versus two or three versus three? Like actual real people playing on the same. And, and just or... to, just to be clear to the listener, right? You're referring to the humans controlling anything yeah. within each team, right? Yeah, because it's it's three v three as a team mode in the game of basketball. But right, like, could you have? Th yeah. So people have talked and asked about, hey, could we have three v three? And and my answer is like. I'm not opposed to it, but I think you need a, a huge amount of player liquidity in the multiplayer um, right. ar arena of your game. Otherwise, you should have matchmaking that's just going to sit and, you know, you're waiting for six people that fit the right, you know, ELO score or whatever you're using to kind of match people. Um, so, yeah, it's a holy grail. It's like, I, I think if we get to the point where that makes sense, then we've, we've really reached a level of market penetration and player volume that's that's a great success and that would be an awesome thing to do i think the game would be a little bit different and i'm not sure i i think it's for the players to decide but like do, building it it's actually pretty easy right because you're turning off all the ai there's no ai at all yeah 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 that'd be that'd be interesting to see so so we're getting this right that if the game's a raging success um and there's enough asking for it from the community it'll be put on 
Is that what you're saying? Well, is the only right? thing I would modify is when the game is a, a raging success, not if go. it is. But other than that, everything <laughs> is I love it. I love Boom. It. <laughs> well, I, I have to concur that, that that's what, it's obvious that it's going to be a raging success. It's um, As soon as you turn on the ability for me to play WT and dunk in his face and uh-huh. laugh and stream, yeah. and stream it and say, yeah. look, I'm higher on the leaderboard than you and I've got, you know, and collect, collect it and own the, the characters I'm collecting. It's, it's just the perfect game for blockchain um because you know it's it's it really it really will be a success it's obvious to anyone as long as you i guess um you know actually you can't really say that because you just never know but out of all the oh, games yeah. i've played yeah. out of all the games i've played so far and seen that's getting built it's it's like a, a top tier s tier you know i see all those, I all, those that, yeah. all, all those all those tier list games and they and they don't even have infinite victory on the list half three quarters of the time and i'm like yeah you're gonna be it doesn't matter that you're not there because there's a little point zero zero one one percent of the people we want to to be playing this game so it's going to yeah. be you know who cares if you're on the tier list but, or not but they're, they're going to be blown, their minds gonna be blown well, two things. One, you're right. Making a, I, I see two challenges. Like making an exceptional game is absolutely monumentally difficult thing to do, and then marketing and you know driving the adoption of it is also a really challenging thing to do. So it's. I didn't mean to say that um, as if that's a, an easy thing to do because it's it's certainly proving <laughs> to be difficult, and it gets harder with the more people are playing uh, or more players in terms of publishers are in, or developers or titles or whatever are in any space competing for attention but that's sort of like the um the world we live in right like the democratization of all the development tools allowed for so many people to make better and better products but the 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 inverse of that is that you're competing for attention but to your point about the tier list yeah we're not on a lot of these tier lists or we're you know when we're ranked we're put in the i don't know category and that's it's frustrating (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, you're right. Like anyone who sees it and plays it immediately says, "Like, well, why isn't this in the list?" And I do think because we're coming from the old world of Web two, you know, I personally think that the an arcade action basketball game, a really really exceptional one, isn't significantly or at all different whether it's in Web three or Web two in terms of the core loop, the meta loop around it. I think is where. You know that's where the the new ground is to be broken um but i don't think it's in like you know the dribbling and the timing of the shots aren't i don't think are going to be different in one or the other you know and i i see web 3 more a little bit differently than i think some people do i see it more like uh talking about um uh a console it's to me it's like and i know this won't make sense to a lot of people but to me it's like it's another console it's like are you on the switch are you on the playstation are you on the web three now it doesn't line up a hundred percent but i think that's really what ultimately it boils down to at least at the moment so to me the game is is set up to, to be good in both places and it's a marketing exercise in terms of getting more and more people to to put it in the right you know perspective i i think this this game it's a it's i've been noticing a couple games in the space lately that are sleepers and i think your game is definitely one of them it's it's got to be it's got to be in the top three in my opinion, sexiest games out there for feel and playability. And you guys have already proven two prior games on the Apple platform, which is nothing to sneeze at. And the thing that I've learned about your company so far is your your vast networking reach um, amongst several sectors of experience throughout your company. 
And you could have the best game in the world, but if you can't get it in front of people and in the right hands, it's 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 dead in the water. So for it being very early, it's very polished, and I'm not just saying that. And then that's what gets me excited want- is is the the networking aspect of what you guys could do with this once you get it done. Yeah, I also yeah. want to add something here, like where crypto Twitter is. A, there's a little bit of a nuance to that as well. So what chain you build on is having an impact with amongst you know a couple of thousand people here and there there's a lot of people that in, in no other game system before and what the traditional gamers hate the most i think is the financial financialization of the game rather than and what i mean by that is like where the influences are from crypto bros you know and this yeah. game this this coin's going to moon and like traditional gamers absolutely do not want their games poisoned with that. So you're seeing like a lot of the chains that sell that Ponzi scheme style game get building up a, a bit of a community because there's all these group of people, thousands of people like in the Ronin network that think they're going to get rich playing games like because because the Axie Infinity Ponzi sure. scheme is going to yeah. is going to return again. So where Immutable is more about gaming and ownership and you know the tokens are there, but you're not going to get rich playing any of the games that have come out. Um, and so you've, you're missing uh, in that crypto Twitter space where they're all where they're building up the, the you know the audiences around that earnings sort of thing and that ability to get rich. And it's clear, you know, like the, the Ronin crew, they're there for the money. They don't care about games. They don't play games on any other mm-hmm. chain because they own Ronin token, they own AXS, they own SLP. They owned SLP. They were building it up, and then the game crashed. It was at thirty cents, and now it's at point zero 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 three cents. You know, like not even not even a third of a cent. Um, mm-hmm. So they're ho- uh, they're hoping their bags come back, and so they're sitting there vocally. So when there's a tier list, all their games, you could every single Ronin person, Axie Infinity is in the top. You know what I used to call the game? Oh, you played it. I played it for, for many for a year. Axie Infuriating. It's the most annoying game ever made, mate. I hated it with a passion, and I literally played it yep. because I'd invested a thousand dollars in a team, you know, and I need to make that money back. So that's you, you're building, you're competing at the moment on crypto Twitter with people with that mindset. And I don't sure. think Immutable is going for that mindset. And if you want to be a hit game, you don't want those type of people. You want actual gamers that play games for game yeah. and, want, and want to own their assets and are going to enjoy the game. And that's why our podcast has no questions about tokens in it ever. Unless the, unless the person we're meeting, asking asks about to, to us to mention it. We don't ever really mention tokens. So other than the NFTs, um, which are tokens still, but I mean, that's for the ownership side. That's why we're here. We want to say we're able to collect, we're able to own, we're able to sell, um, but there's nothing about getting rich. So sorry if I got a bit of a rant there, but I want to raise that because I've, I wanted to ask a question about you on Twitter. You've come out yeah. of nowhere and you're, you're preaching to these people. I've noticed a lot on, on Twitter. What, what's, the, what's the reason behind that? It, when you say so, preaching, we... Well, you, I've we seen... Didn't... Seeing you go into the threads and say, "Hey, this is our game. This is our game. Where they're going to be the best? Where you know, like, and trying to cater yeah. to to these crew. What's the uh, what's the angle there? Are you trying yeah, to? Yeah, well, so that's a good question. I mean, I I'm new to the space, right? And I I see it more like probing, you know, probing an underwater ocean. It's like, what what's here? Like, who's here? And like, um, mm. learning about these sort of factions of thinking that you just kind of very elo- eloquently sort of laid out that. There are different psychological motives for the people that are engaging in Web3 games, right? And what is a Web3 game and what makes it a good Web3 game seems to have a lot of different opinions. Whereas if you were to go over in, you know, old world of uh, console gaming or PC gaming, 
people might argue about which of those platforms is better, but they probably aren't going to argue about like what is a game. Uh, although they might argue about that with people who think games on their phones are games, and I don't disagree that they are. But people, you know, people argue about different things in different ways when it comes to games in the Web three space. And I think you're right. There's a lot of people who seem to be motivated by um, the speculative nature that crypto brings to anything that it's that it's doing. And and um, you know, like, look, we're a game at the end of the day, and that's you know, I think that the opportunity that the blockchain provides um to a game is you're correct it's really about um enabling a gamer to retain potentially more of the ownership of the assets um in the game that they're purchasing so that they're protected from you know how the first party publishing system ecosystem works whether it's an app store or the game store on one of the major three console makers or whether it's um you know, one of the two big um, PC gaming app stores and or the third one, which is the, the, the app store on Windows, <laughs> whatever it may be. Like, I think there's a real potential there. You talked about ownership. There's also a potential for um, communities to build tools and experiences on the back of what is on the blockchain. All that data is there, right? And that's something I don't really hear people talk too much about. Um, because essentially you have a public database that's verifiable. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about the mod communities that spring up around all sorts of games in the past, oftentimes like without the developer ever intending for it to to happen, um, they didn't have access to the game databases in 99.9% of the cases, right? But here you have potentially access to some and depending on how much of it's being recorded and, you know, persisted on the blockchain then quite a bit of interesting things could be done with building community websites around or apps around it or dApps or however you want to put it so mm. i agree with you i mean i think i mean we're here for the games that's what i'm here for that's um what i care about and i think that um it's in you know in terms of why why am i out there on twitter um really just trying to see like what what is this what is this um massive energy that's fun that's sort of kicking around and like what makes it tick and sometimes you know sometimes i'll my way of doing that is just to you know point out what we've built and see what kind of reaction we get and um you know at the same time like like i said i think before we began the podcast like i'm th this is not an you know i'm not here to like um oil the ocean with my tweets or anything like that i don't expect no, no, i didn't mean that i didn't i did not mean yeah. that i mean i just i meant that you were nowhere your account's pretty new you did mention that yeah. you know you had another account and you wanted to do this one just for your game but it's just different to the infinite victory web. like uh you can tell the difference between your style and the infinite victory official account it's like you're they're just catering to the gamers and showing their game off and you're going into the threads of the influencers that are being paid by other chains and trying to yeah get them to say, hey, look at us when they're getting paid $10,000 a month to shill AVAX. And like, you, you're yeah. never ever going to, you're never going to get that guy. To, well, you know what? Say, it, hey, you're the best. It, you know? I forget if I use this example with, with you or someone else I was talking to, but it, it if we take sports for a second, you think about baseball, right? It's like, it's like a bad call at first base, right? Like that the manager is really pissed off about, right? And, you know, he gets out of the dugout, he runs out there and he starts arguing with the umpire and everybody knows like 
you know, until <laughs> until instant replay, which you had to like, you know, you have a certain number of them, and you go back to the headquarters in New York, and they look at the video. Until that came along, you're not, and even with that, you're not changing the opinion or the call by arguing with them. Um, but you are calling attention to your own team that you actually care about, you know, the game that they're playing, and you're calling attention to the fans, and you're standing up for your your team, yeah. and you're making a little bit of a symbolic show. And there's a little bit of that, I think, you know. Um, while I'm not necessarily getting always a mea culpa, um, I, I think that um, people are starting to recognize that, you know, there's a there's a real team and a real game and a real product here. You know, maybe they can't talk about it because their business model doesn't permit it. But I think, you know, slowly but surely we'll start to get a little more respect. And that that's my only aim. And you're right. The the official account is <laughs> it's uh, friendlier, you know, and I'm. <laughs> I'm more than a tip on my yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with him doing that, to be honest with you. I, I, I think it needs to be shaken up a little bit. We we get into this very tribalistic setting mindset in this space, and that's one of the lures that brought me to IMX. Uh, they made the partnership with Polygon. They were separate for a while, and IMX re realized, hey, they got some good tech. Let's work together. And that's, that's kind of the big draw amongst a whole lot of other things with IMX. Where these other chains, they're, they just want to stay in their own silos and we're doing it this way and we're going to invest and we're going to take over. That's not how it works in business throughout the world. And I think IMX realizes that and they, they realize that if they want to be the biggest, they're going to have to adapt and evolve. And sometimes that, that, that comes with collabs and partnerships. And I know you know all about that because you are, you are by, you're, you're, you're one of those guys that everybody knows if some if I need something done and I need to find somebody, I go call this guy. You remind me of that guy from your bio that I've read up on you, and you you understand the power of collabs and networking, and that's kind of how I have my 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 bias with IMX is they're willing to evolve and integrate all these different things and all these different businesses. Um, have you had yeah. that kind of experience with them so far with IMX? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I came, you know we came out of a relationship with apple that's a pretty high bar right oh, so yeah. i mean that's that's like yeah that's like the biggest adult in the room and i have nothing but appreciation for you know the opportunity that they gave us to make those games and um even you know even though it didn't it didn't last as long as i had hoped the reality is that um you know when you go into a space like crypto which is <laughs> forbid forgive me for anyone listening but like it's like walking out of the Waldorf and stepping into the, you know, the, the gutter. And you're like, you have to like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're not wrong. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to go down. We're going to go to that part of town, but um, we do want to make sure like, you know, I'm going to make a we're clip out of this. With... <laughs> no, no, we're staying at the Ibis now, no longer the Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can you can tag the Waldorf's account. Um, I think like it's um it's important that you have an a, like you're dealing with adults and like look we also had you know relationships with all virtually every professional sports league so there's just sort of an inherent bias like who's who's the adult in the in the space here and who's you know thinking about this in like terms of a business and a platform and reality is like I don't know if these things are perfectly mapping but. Um, you know, building something like, you know, what IMX is building or anyone who's building uh, um, an ecosystem of games on blockchain, it's it's analogous in a way to, you know, Sega having a hardware platform and uh, Microsoft deciding they want to build a gaming console. Like it's 
you're in that kind of space, even if it's not directly the same thing. Um, and you do you do need to be able to, to shift and be dynamic and grow with you know the evolution of what what's going on. Otherwise, you're just you're not going to succeed. So as far as I can see, they're they're the best at that out it. there. I love if it. not the only one. I love it. Needs to be the so, new tagline. IMX. We're the adult in the room. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the partnership, we, we, you know, obviously Immutables uh, announced before that you're uh, published by them. Um, what can you go into? Is, I'm sure you're not allowed to go into full detail, but what? How does that look like? What? Are, what? Are, what's? How, where does the roles change from? What you know, with the game that's published by another by a blockchain rather than a, guy, a game that's just building on it on a chain. You well, know, I don't know if I have a. Yeah, I don't know if I have the like technical answer to that correct. So I'll just give you my sort of holistic answer, which is just anytime I think a, a studio is um, self-publishing, they're handling every aspect of the release and the communications with uh, press partners, influencers, you know, you name it, um, and probably handling all the technical implementation on the platform with the most minimal amount of support or support that is community driven or support that's given sort of out to everybody. But I think if you're being published, you're getting, um, you know, just a greater degree of, um, there's just a relate, there's more of a direct relationship there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in the most, you know, general sense. What's it like working with them? Immutable. Been great. Yeah, it's been great. It's been, um, you know, I think like, I feel like there's a, there's a direct, um, sense I get that, you know, this is a company that's, you know, like a publisher that you might experience in the web two space. And, and that's a, that's a space that's changed a lot too. I mean, publishing has consolidated, you know, what used to be hundreds of publishers back in the nineties. And really in, in terms of like AAA console games, you have four, at least in the West with Ubisoft, EA, take two. And, and well now Activision is, you know, is under Microsoft. So I'm not even sure how you count that, but you know, if there's going to be that kind of, evolution in web three i think imx is in pole position to be that kind of company in the future and and i'm not saying that as a i'm not a stock analyst or anything i'm just saying like my general impression you know from having worked with them and seeing how they operate and what they're doing so it's definitely an honor to be um, partnered with them is there is there anything that and we're not trying to be negative here is there anything that you would want them to do more of or that they can improve on? We try to see both sides of the angle here and not be uh, super hype boys with IMX. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, negative answer to that question at all. I don't. All right. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the, let's move on to the fun part everyone's been waiting for. Um, we asked can the I, uh, 10. I got to ask one thing yep. before we get into that. So, all right. One, one funny thing I, I seen about you, cracked me up. Uh, you said that you're, you're like the master of, you mentioned the game earlier, the baseball game. Uh, baseball Simulator 1000. Yes. Is the bounty still up to take you down? Absolutely. No one's beating it, huh? <laughs> No, no. I had one um, one guy on my team, uh, awesome dev, awesome designer, de facto designer, and just a, one of the core people who helped me make these games. And um, he his nickname was the Golden Boy, and he he tried to to beat me at it, and he got I think to the seventh inning, and he he was kind of closing in on me. But honestly, it's the kind of game where 
that can happen and it's happened to me many times in my youth and um you can begin to get a little nervous if you start to run out of um the the ultimate points um in that game but it's i just i just know that game so well that there's there's virtually no chance I could lose that game. So I I was a little disappointed that in the in the entire time that I had that out there, very few people really tried to to. I said maybe it's just been total. It's like it's an old game, and I think people who were not from the '80s probably would look at it and be like, "How do I play it?" You know. <laughs> so it has that going for it too. <laughs> nice, interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> I just want yeah, to if say, you want to if you want to meet up if you want to meet up in uh, in New York someday, bring an NES or you want me to bring. I have the cartridge. We'll play it if you want to try to beat me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, the the um, 10, 10 questions, sixty seconds. You've got it. You cannot go for too long. So you really got to try and get down to one question. There's yeah. no wrong or right. If you don't want to say it, you can just say pass. Uh, so let's go. Um, yeah. Sure. So what do you, what do you prefer to do? Watch sports or esports? Do I prefer to watch esports or traditional sports? Uh, yeah. I, I still prefer to watch traditional sports. Yep. Um, so, do you prefer to play sports or video games? I prefer to play video games. Mm, what, so, what's your favorite video game currently? My favorite video game currently, hmm, uh, I guess at the moment, I'm playing the new Mario. Uh, and that's pretty impressive. I mean, I I know it's yet another Mario, but they did a really fantastic job. Cool. Messi or Ronaldo? Oof. If you know, do you know who they are? I guess <laughs> Messi. No, I know who they both are, of course. But um, I guess I'd say I would say Messi. Messi, just based on some of the shots that I've seen him take, and I mean, it's kind of picking between two two goats, right? So yeah, it's very hard. It's a great question because there's there's polarizing. Yeah. Um, Xbox, PlayStation, or PC? Uh, <laughs> I should, yeah. Well, you know, I have a preference, and I think it's PlayStation. Um, because right, I think cool. there's just, um, yeah. I, we yeah. don't have time for my, my reasoning, but go on. Well, you can give a reason. Go, go on, give a reason. <laughs> I, I just think there's more There's more artistic, um, curated... Uh, I mean, I'm going to get myself in trouble if I ever need anything from Microsoft. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just something there that's just a little more tech art and art and and less um, cor- corporate-y in some of the gaming offerings. But, you know, Japan I don't know. The people at Xbox work hard, too. Yeah, Japan has something to do with that, for sure. Japan, Japan yeah, okay. Um, books or movies? Books or movies? Movies. Favorite movie? Favorite movie is The Natural, Robert Redford. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Uh, Ferrari or Lamborghini, never driven either. Um, <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't Lamborghini owned by, isn't, isn't Lamborghini owned by, isn't, aren't they, I guess Ferrari, because they're still Italian owned, right? Lamborghini's Italian, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so Ferrari. No, Favorite I they're owned by flavor. Audi and Volkswagen. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Favorite yeah. ice cream flavor? Favorite ice cream flavor, uh, chocolate. Me too. One word to describe Elon Musk. Bold. Wow, nice. <laughs> so, that's our favorite question in the whole segment. <laughs> we get some crazy ones. Yeah. Uh, bold. Yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's very accurate. Um, video game that popped your cherry. The aha moment. 
games. Probably was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mean, wow. it's an Apple TC game, yeah, from Infocom. Hey, you my only comment is I'd like to... Yep. Yeah, I'd like to change chocolate to rum raisin. <laughs> is there anything that you want to say about uh, about the game uh, that maybe we left out that you want to leave on today? Well, not really. I think you cut you you really kind of hit on all the great things. I mean, I'll, I'll say one one thing. I guess when we were making this game, it was never enough. I always believed that every time I saw a build of it, it had to be pushed further and bigger and more in your face without losing its footing right that's why you can slam dunk full court in the game and it doesn't feel like a gimmick so that's my final thought for today awesome exactly yeah <laughs> well, i appreciate you, you having with... me on i really do yeah no, thank you for coming on mate much appreciated uh you spending an hour with us today awesome and we're really looking yeah. forward to playing the game um it when it you know comes live in 2024 yeah. 2025 where are we where are we looking at for oh i April? think i think hopefully 2024 cool oh, wow. yeah and it's been a pleasure thanks for having me on hey thanks for coming on it was a blast and i hope to talk to you again down the road absolutely all right have a great evening both of you see you bye bye wow what an amazing interview we just got done speaking with Ben Friedland from BitFry Studios with their upcoming game, Infinite Victory. The guy was very polished. Uh, you could tell he's done this before, and he knows his product, and he knows the gaming industry, which was the highlight for me. Rubik, what's your first initial thoughts with this? Um, the guy has got a world record or something. Is that right? In, in, that was what I took away from it. I did not know that. You, but you seemed to know that before we went into it, the interview. So uh, that was quite interesting, interesting to me. Yeah, it wasn't. it's not a world record. It's just he plays the game Baseball Simulator 1000. And he's, uh, according to him, he's really, really good at it. Like he's mastered it. And he put up a large sum of money amongst his whole entire studio that anybody could beat him, he would give him the bounty. And I think there was several people that tried over the years, but they just gave up because they <laughs> could get nowhere near him. So that's pretty – I thought that was hilarious when I read it. And, yeah, he's a gamer, man. He's, he's an old-school gamer from the 80s and 90s, which is, you know, right up my alley. And the, mm. the he did an interview a few years ago, and this is where I got a lot of my information. He talked about one of the biggest things that caught my – ear with him he talked about how things have changed in gaming with the realistic nature of games especially the graphics it's it's about the graphics and the cinema like playability that drew a lot of people to it mm -hmm. while it was a great upgrade and a great moment for gaming history he talked uh i think he used the word graphics peak maybe or something like that and with that game we lost that old school nostalgia where, yeah, the graphics weren't a, like crazy cinema like, but you were there just to play the game and it was fun. Whereas what we have now is not the same. And what what do you think about his uh, take on that? Yeah, I think games just going to go through different phases, isn't it? You know, people get bored of the same thing over and over again, so they try new things, but. I'm not certain. I don't have an opinion on that exactly, pinpointing what it is 
what he means on, on that. Um, what what I uh, I was he's very different kind of person that we've spoke to before. Everyone's different in this world. That's obvious. And uh, super passionate about um, his product. I, I think he's the most passionate and bold. He's that he's very American, very bold, um, confident about his product. I picked, you can pick that up through Twitter. And I asked a question, you know, to see what, you know, where he was at with his mind. Cause it just, he's very different to the infinite victory, um, Twitter account with the, the angle they take. So it's just, he spent a lot of time building this game and it's like over 10 years now. And, you know, really proud of it. And so, so it should be, I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but it's just, it was just, I found that really interesting because it was just a different type of interview. Like we met, uh, Lachlan from, um, Chronoforge, very subdued, or we're going to try and make it, you know, we're going to try and be double a mm -hmm. where, you know, Ben's where got the best game in web three, you know what I mean? Like this different yeah. kind of mindset, you know, and confidence wins, you know, that's obvious. Uh, why America wins a lot of things because they're very, very confident. There's, there's culture. a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Uh, that why? Well, why is it confident? <laughs> you're picking up on this, and there's a backstory to this. So I, I don't know if you knew this. He's a high school dropout, and oh wow, he is so motivated. And, and you j just from what little I've looked up on him, he he just he goes after things, and he has a passion for things. He has built a nice little empire for himself of networking. And I brought that up about his his mm. networking ability. He, he's that guy. I know everyone has a person in their life where, like, I bet you so-and-so knows how to get hold of somebody that can fix this or can do this or can handle this. He's that kind of guy, in my opinion, to where he knows so many different people and so many different things. He, uh, he worked for large banks like jp morgan and ubs and then he was also in some form of i think it was a fintech startup or something i, I might be wrong on that but he's worked with banks he's worked with athletes he has a roster of athletes that he is involved with his mentor was david stern i don't know if you know who that is that's the former yeah. uh late great commissioner of the nba this guy's plugged in to some powerful, powerful mm, people. Okay. This is a high school dropout um, too. You know? <laughs> so it's okay, Ben. So was I. I dropped out to <laughs> year I, eleven. I'm not saying as a we negative. got a year twelve. I'm not saying as a oh, negative, no. but like it takes a special person that can say, you know what? I don't need this and I can do better and then go out and prove it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that confidence yeah. that you're seeing. You know, he's done it. Yeah. He's done it. Yeah. Well, um, Let's, he's still, still to, you know, the game still got to make it, you know, like doesn't matter how, you know, the greatest games game developers in the world have bombs, you know, Anthem, right. <clears throat> Anthem, you know, so, but we've got a good feeling that this game was going to be great. We've both played it. It's got a great feel to it, but what I, I was asking questions around like the ultimate, like the loops on top of the loops, you know, like it's obvious what the game loop is, you know, you, you there's different kinds of game. You can bring different right. modes in, you know, different, different variations and, you know, st st the strategic side, I, I didn't realize that I learned about that, where there's going to be like strategic side to how you play your players. Mm -hmm. Um, and the three versus three would be great in the future if they ever get to that as well. Um, but you know, obviously you want, that's got to get to big numbers before it gets, you know, otherwise you'll ruin it. Right. Um, you know, and 
he just seems to know what he's doing and where he wants to go. Um, and another thing, the game, I didn't know this, but there's other game genres that he's built. So I didn't know he had a hockey game. So yeah. this could quite easy, as soon as the basketball game comes out and then interoperability, like they're not going to make you buy new cards. Those players are going to be able to be played in the hockey game for sure, 100%. That's what, that would be the value proposition for it. So, and again, he didn't say this. This is me speculating. And one thing we picked up before we started the interview, he's very adamant that not to ask questions about things that he, he didn't want to come across that he was promising anything, even if just talking about what might happen, right. he didn't want to, wouldn't, so he only said what is going to happen, you know, and still put a, a disclaimer on it. Uh, that's another thing that I picked up from it, he's where a lot of people through. go, this is what we get. Yeah. That's experience, isn't yeah. it? He's been through this before. And I like the question that you asked him about, well, what, what about going to I don't know, three player? And he, he was ready. He was ready for that because he's right. He was absolutely right. You don't want to do that right now because you don't want long queue times. Because I've been in a project where there's been long queue times and it sucks. Mm. And it'll it puts a bad stigma on the game because like all these games yeah. are hurting for volume. And there it is. You're going to play the game. It's right in your face. You're looking at the no volume right in your face as you're trying to play this game. And so he's he's not stupid. He's not going to do that. And that's smart on him. He's definitely an experience. And the other thing is this game has already been built before. So while it's not the exact same thing and they have to change some things because of IP reasons, and the IP reasons are they had four licenses with major professional sports. Do you know how hard that is to get? Mm -hmm. It's extremely hard. Yep. And they had them at one point when they were on the Apple store, by the way. So the game's already mm -hmm. been built. So they just got to convert over to what they're doing now, probably change some things here and there, which takes time. They've got the blueprint to do this. So I don't expect this to take a real long time for them in the grand scheme of things to get this going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, um, it's, it's going to be interesting. So it's out in 2024, which is great. So less than a year now, probably before we see it, get our hands on it. Um, yeah, I, I think was, I'm, I'm done. I was excited about this the, game. And then when I dove into who he was as a person and his team around him and the connections and that they already had this game made on Apple, it just, it doesn't mean it's going to make it. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of good signals that, this could be something with the team, the connections, and the fact that the game's already been made. So I'm I'm a lot more pumped up about this game than I was before this. Yeah, well, I had a bit of an interaction with him about like the angle he's coming at with on Twitter um, about like trying to you know the DGen thing and trying to crack into them and not getting the recognition the game deserves, um, and it ties into what we're going to talk about later as well. But yeah, I was surprised that, you know, that when you see anyone that plays the game or sees the video of it, they're like, I want to, I must play this game. And like 99 out of a hundred people are like, are super excited. So personally, I'd be like, just keep on building, keep on building, keep on building and just keep on adding, adding numbers to, to your socials because getting the getting people to spread the word, not just, you don't have to do it yourself. But anyway, um, what well, last thing I want to say about him was like the comment about Elon Musk question, which my, which is our favorite question. Or I think it's your mm -hmm. favorite question as well in our interview was kind of like, 
like this the i was expecting someone like him to come up with something to, to blow us away like the um uh, like uh uh Kishi did last week oh but, yeah <laughs> but it was just like he was just again methodical it's the actual perfect word to describe Eon, Legulon, bold you just you know because the things he's tried in this world is crazy and you've got to be bold to take on what he's done and did so you, yeah I, did you notice how quick he came up with the answer most of the guests they pause for a long time but he was pretty quick yeah. do you notice that yeah, yeah so that's i, I was think like, that's um, I, i'm not gonna say got, that there's the same person but maybe they're cut from some of the same cloth and i think maybe mm -hmm. i think he mm -hmm. you know it was it was a good compliment bold that's a good compliment that's not I mean, it could be negative, but I think he meant it positive. I think he recognizes him for who he was, and there was no doubt in his mind. So, yeah, very that's positive. That's yeah, interesting. That's hundred percent positive. hundred percent positive. Like it's, uh, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. I, hopefully, you have him back on when we uh, when we get the game closer to release, and just to get us all get us some alpha for the for the listeners, and maybe some some drops. Another um, uh, quick tidbit about them before we move on: Bitcraft. Uh, investment company put money into them. If you know who mm. Bitcraft is, they're huge. They put money into IMX, so I love the synergy going on with that. And also, they have a VC called uh, Dugout Ventures, chuck full of all kinds of major baseball players and sports icons that are involved in that somehow. I thought that was very interesting, and just more, more networking oomph to his empire that he's got going on yeah um if anyone listening wants to play the game we can sort you out for a, a steam key to play the game join our discord and get in the chat and ask for a key awesome that is awesome mm. okay so moving on new partnerships which is not really many um they're not really partnerships not official and not proper games so but you know, you're not going to have every week where we have a heap of games that it's not, it can't possibly happen. Like it's, you know, and not until the middle actually is the leading chain and it's clear that they are, well, we'll probably be able to have a game announced officially every week, but it's nearly is <laughs> definitely every fortnight. There's one. So yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, Naga games is, was announced officially, which is not a game. I don't believe it's a platform is that right what did you find out about them yeah I, I don't know how this one slipped by me they actually if i if i had known about this i'm digging they actually had been working with mute immutable since october which i had no idea i don't know i don't know if they're just that small or they were keeping it hush hush or what's going on but it's a platform similar to what imx does just i don't think they have all the tools that imx does but they they sell they sell nfts and all that so i don't know how this relationship is going to work exactly but from my understanding imx is going to be sending games to their platform for them to sell there or something like that i think i'm not 100 percent sure on it but that's what it looked like and i think in return they're going to be sending games from their platform to imx it, it's out of asia we know the, the the emphasis on Asia with IMX, and I just think this is another another collab in the the key ring of many collabs that IMX has going on right now. I, it was it's tough to find a lot of information on them because a lot of their stuff is not in my native language, and I know I can use Google Translate, but I did kind of find out about this recently last night and didn't have a whole yeah. lot of time to dig in them. But it's another collab, man. It's another collab networking. 
I'm leaning more and more and more towards hashtag networking and I'll, I'll tell, I'll talk more about that later. Um, the, another Asian organization as well. So for reach, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's something related later on as well about when we talk about multi-chain, um, one of those games responded to me asking a question about why they're going multi-chain and this, the answer was that but other chains have better reach in different regions. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're going to release a game in Korea, you would, you'd want to be on WeMix. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's where they got huge numbers of players in, in there. And Immutable doesn't have that. No other chain has that reach there yet. So th- they need to change that. It needs to become a global organization. And I think this is another play of a team that will support them have their games on their platform and looks like they do development solutions as well. So they build code for developers. So, so the code, so developers build in a game and they, and they, um, and they, and they don't want to have to worry about smart contract side of things or the marketplaces or things like that. I think they build solutions on the web three side of things for games developers by the looks of it and cool. multi-chain and multi-chain game libraries. So does that like they do, not they're not just immutable they're going to be any chain so maybe games that have multiple chains as well you know so they're just probably adding immutable as a supported chain to their platform and they've got reach to an asian market is it chinese or is it uh Uh, i don't don't know know for sure on that japanese maybe sorry i should have brought it down the research but anyway interesting another one let's see what happens with this one uh where are we up to next so curse stone official is official now we mentioned it last week or the week before and um it was like a rumor but it's official now there's a the, um you know the, the official zkvm little uh, little gift that they put it to show that they're building on zkvm right. i think it looks pretty cool that game what did you did you have anything to about it like it's i don't know what it is i I'm sure it's a great game. I don't know. It's just not right up my alley for some reason. And I've, I've looked at it. Uh, I believe they have... Uh, I, I, went, I wanted to go try and play it last night, but it's for Android only, and I don't have Android. If they have a... Um, I think, was it Endless Tower Run or something like that? They have a tower game now that you can play. And I wanted to yeah. try it out because I, I, I looked at the video and I was like, well, let me give it a try. I want to give it a fair shake. It might be great, but I can't play it because it's only on Android at the moment. So... If they can get it to Apple or PC, I, I take it they're just going mobile uh, so I can try it out. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to try it out. Maybe I need to see more video, give it some more chance, but looks like they got some stuff going at least. They're going in the right direction. You know, most games don't, aren't even out. So, hey, got something going, good going for them. Stop buying Apple products. Don't buy products from people <laughs> that hate you. Yeah. Well, I they, have They, you have they, they, they hate you. They hate Apple so does Microsoft. Hate... Microsoft hates me too. Uh, <laughs> mate, uh, Apple hates you. Yeah. So does Microsoft. So does Android. They all yeah, hate us. Uh, Apple hates you more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, yeah, Curse Stone is like, it looks like a couple little games, like a, a card game, a little tower game, but the proper like MP, MPVP kind of um, little uh, RPG game that's coming out is not out yet. So they got toys made. That kind of blew me away that they already have toys made. Like they don't, yeah. their game isn't fully out, but they got toys. Like that, that's not a bad thing. I just, usually that doesn't, usually it's the other way around. You get your game made, you get some volume. Then you start 
kicking out merch. But they have merch ready to go. So cool for them. Yeah. Anyway, um, Chris, dang, it's official. They're exclusively mm-hmm. on Immutable. Uh, that's pretty cool. So the next one, I just added it to the list here because I was just, you know, scrolling Twitter uh, X and saw this Fuse War thread from a, someone I never don't follow. And he said something about Immutable being the game that they're building on. And then I looked at the game, Fuse Wars, and I saw the actual official count tagged Immutable recently a couple of times, but not sure what's happening there. It's not official. What did you, what you said you've learned something about this. What did you learn? Well, I didn't find any direct ties, but I just want to say that uh, you've been pretty spot on when you've been talking about games that are probably coming to IMX. And I figured you just have an inside source that's feeding you something or whatever i wasn't sure because (laughs) like you have a very high percentage of being right so i'm going to trust you on this one so i went and looked the the founder uh, i forget his name but the the founder owner of the game he tagged uh, immutable as well and the Mm. main account tagged immutable as well so that was very interesting they were retweeting a lot of things from imx doesn't mean for sure that they're going to be imx but it's interesting to say none the least now, if they do go mm-hmm. to IMX, this is not the first time that this trend has happened, but they have their own entire ecosystem already. They have something called Syndicate. I think that's the studio. Is game. that theirs? Yeah. That's theirs. Okay. That's the studio. They have a Syndicate token. They have an exchange. They have all this stuff already, but if they're dipping their toe in the IMX, there's going to be yet another game that's doing that. Uh, I believe... They don't have a token out yet, but uh, MedX Studios, which we talked to last week, they have a lot of the same aspirations of being a publisher, it looks like, uh, a platform, but they're still going on IMX. So it looks like, to me, I'm just pure speculation here. I'm guessing a lot of these companies have all these aspirations. They want to do all these things. They get into it, and they're like, hmm, this is really hard. <laughs> and they're going over to IMX, who, uh, which I'm, I'm stealing this from uh, our latest guest, Ben, are the adults in the room, and saying, <laughs> "Hey, uh, can you help us out?" And IMX is like, "Yeah, sure, come on in." Uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but that's that is the feeling I'm getting from things that I'm seeing. What's your take on that? Oh uh, yeah, the, it's the equivalency thing I think play in, in effect here. So they're building on Theta Network which claims to be the leading entertainment blockchain, blah, blah, blah. And no one's ever heard of it. Um, actually, I have heard of Theta before, but just yeah, never yeah. heard of a game. Before. A lot of people I, heard I of Theta. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I've never seen a game. I, don't, I never see a game that's building on Theta. That's anything other than, uh, you know, a two-man indie yeah. job. You know, I, I don't know any games at all yeah, that's I building agree. on Theta. I agree. I didn't, I didn't even know they had games <laughs> building. I knew they had their streaming service, which I, I don't know what happened with it, but... I, thought they were having issues but whatever anyway back to what you were saying so syndicate is their platform for for launching games and it's um with multi-blockchain interoperability i think what they've built is they want to make games they can have games launched that are ethereum based and then immutables come in and said hey where's the kvm equivalent you could add us if you can if you're adding ethereum you're adding us as well Mm -hmm. um and but that doesn't make a lot of sense that it's just that because why would they start tagging them um i don't know man like it's just 
Theta Network will not have the tools that Immutable has to build their games. Um, are they going to build on Theta and using... Again, this is going to go to something I'm going to speak about later. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tied into it, so I'm not going to talk about it now. Um, but yeah, I've got a theory on why these games are doing this. Um, but it could be because Immutable is superior technology for building a game on, and they're realizing that, that they're going to have to build all these tools themselves on Theta Network because no one's building, no one big game like this kind of game. I saw the video of it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like it's so... Again, the uh, cost- third-person shooter one video. Yeah, yeah, um, but th- it's the the tools and how much it costs to build them to get the dev tools to build the tool to build the code, you know, or to serve to to run services and things like that. Like to do do certain things, you want to do something in a game or integrate with the blockchain, you need a tool to, be, to do that, or and, a, and then a piece of code that runs that tool. And you know, like it's just it's not cheap to build it. And you see a lot of games that go that path and have gone bankrupt. Now, how about this? You know, how about this? Uh, what go. do you think? How, 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 how much do you think maybe that Hunter K and credits on AWS might be playing into this? I don't think it'd be like the only reason. It's not a lot of money. It is good. It's great. You know, it's a bit dev costs. Minor know, impact so, then? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a one head count for a year. You know, okay. so it, it's, 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 it's a lot, but it's not right. If you're a 50 person team, it's not a huge amount, but it would help you like, but it's the tools that are already built on immutable and That's maybe with valuable. AWS way more because you could okay. spend five devs, get five, six devs have to build, spend three months building a tool. Okay. You know, and that's just one, that's just one. And then you're not guaranteed that it works. You know, if you've got a tool that works, this is the problem when you're building code, 70% of projects fail. Why is that? Because the coders aren't good enough or they un- they don't see something right or they get something wrong and then the budget blows out and, they- and someone cans it. There's risk. When, it- when, you- when you have to build something, there's risk. And when you- it's already built, there's no risk. So right. that's where I think, you know, where the, pro- the partnerships probably come. The majority of the decision is, this is a good, at the very least, it's a very good backup for them to go, you know, if we can't get Theta Network network working for us we've got something that will definitely work so but they you know they still post about theta network all the time since this announcement since they've started not announcement since they've started talking about immutable so mm-hmm. it's not like they're changing again it's, it's a multi-chain decision and let's see how that plays out in the long run yep fuse walls over <laughs> yeah no it, it was some very good points there it's very interesting and uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out if you're if your hot streak of calling out games coming to imx continues so what we got next here uh just some short news um just in case people you know get a little, just short short shorts on unmutable so gods unchained is should be mobile any minute now um and also passport login um kira versus a new website um looks pretty schmick um knight's grimoire is a permissionlessly built game um they don't have an, a, a grant. They don't have a lot of support from Immutable. They just went and built on Immutable's um, Immutable X, not ZKVM. And they've released a. They release uh, NFTs occasionally for sale. They, they've done a little hack, you know, that they put it. They put it for sale and at a high price, and then they have an auction, and whoever gets the highest bid, they just they accept. 
So it's a pretty cool way to do like little um, little little auction because hmm. you can you can give offers on Immutable uh, um, uh, Marketplace now. Um, but yeah, it's a little pixel game, and it just want people. It's now integrated um, NFTs to their game, so those those NFTs that you buy are in. The, you can play them in the game now. I think you have to have an NFT to play the game at the moment. So, well, it's still built, being built. Um, but they're really cool. I really like them. They don't whinge. They don't cry. That you know, they don't like. They don't have any drama. They're just, they're just building. They're a small team building a pixel verse kind of game. You know, and it's just looks pretty cool. And um, you know, good people that just just build. And I just wanted to support them and say, you know, anyone that likes pixel games should check it out. Night Grimoire um it's you know now now that the tokens are be able to use in the game yeah another one i got a question for sorry you yeah. on. so i'm completely yep. ignorant of this is the, the the concern i have with that it's very cool that that can happen is there without a stamp of approval by imx is there a, a way to know that these games uh, nfts whatever they have are safe to interact with on the imx platform my my reason in being yeah. is because then anybody could just start something up and create these things and try to catch people. Um, yeah, but that can happen on any chain. Um, there's, right. They're all you know, like there's like Ethereum's permissionless. Um, so, but it's very low, low risk with Immutable because of the API style marketplace interaction. Okay, like for them to put a just purchasing the the nft i don't think anything could happen i really don't um because not from the marketplace transaction because you'd have to because it's just an api driven to call you're not actually interacting with the contract and hitting a contract interaction so i don't know maybe i'm wrong but there are, you still, with every nft you've got in your wallet you should always be certain um I'm by what no means. Is, uh, I'm by no means saying that they are doing this. I don't know anything about oh, the project. Not. I just it popped in my head that if anybody can do this, my my point is is anybody that touches these, be careful. You know, try and vet them as best as you can, but realize if they're not sanctioned by IMX, it's a little bit more riskier. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, no. I used to in my Who IMX newsletter. If there wasn't like there was Crystal, there was another couple as well before that that weren't uh, uh, that I announced and, and leaked to the world. Um, but I always put a disclaimer in there saying these are not officially announced by Immutable. I've kind of laxed on that a bit because nothing's ever happened. In, right. I've never ever heard of a drain. I've never ever heard of a drain on, on Immutable. I'm sure right. it can happen. Um, but Immutable is not the only permissionless chain. Ethereum is permissionless. People can build, you know, there's more chance that someone's going to do it on Ethereum with this where people got thousands of thousands of dollars worth of liquidity. So there's low risk at the moment, but CKEVM solves that problem. There's a black whitelisting. So there won't, it won't be completely permissionless. You'll need to apply for, to go on there. And that's to just to ensure that it doesn't fill up with junk like Immutable X did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen some of those collections on there, like the picture of that actress that married um, Tom Cruise. Eric, mm -hmm. What's her name? She, she's like, there's like 10 collections of her and there's just one card in it. It's her. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think that's, I think they learned. Immutable X is definitely the learning grounds for Immutable. What to, not to do for next time. So it's good that they did that first. Nice. Um, in terms of, um, Your... Amber Sword has got, got some news out as well. Oh, did they? Um, they, yeah, they've, they've just, they've just, um, they've got a, a video out with, um, 
inviting people to sign up because there's another playtest coming soon. So that's what I want to get across. I'll have that in my news uh, letter tomorrow. Um, older rebrand and visual overhaul. Um, that's pretty. Looks pretty sick. Did you see that video? Yes, I did. I've been seeing some uh, like Crypto Stash was talking about it, and I want to say Bryson was talking about it. So I. I had heard about it, but I didn't have time to look. I went and looked last night. I was like, oh, I should probably be paying attention to this. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. it's it's got my interest. I'm, I'm definitely got it on my notepad of things to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's, uh, there's one other thing um, in terms of um, really interesting news. Rooneyverse, which is – it was a Solana game and a mutual signed – signed them i saw some information that immutable invested in them as well mm-hmm. so they went really quiet during the bear and didn't build and he explained that their studio of 120 devs that build um like triple a games for other games and stuff like that and they've got heaps of work on and they really like they cut all the stuff that was um was was all their community stuff so they stopped they went really dead in the water on terms of community feedback and now they're like saying that they're back and they're going to build you know they've got an awesome trailer they've got this really cool world that they're building really cool graphics um and they've got this really cool token tokenomics design and yeah um and they're looking for funding so you know you know what I mean? Like it's this industry is so risky. Like, why you went dead during the bull mar- during the bear market, and now you're back and asking for money as soon as the as soon as there's a yeah. bull kind of gone. But at the same time, immutable invested in them, and they're not going to just go and get free money as some scam. Like I'm not, I'm pretty certain they do some pretty good due diligence. And it makes sense that you know maybe they lost their. They said they never went to zero in terms of development. They've been building the whole time, but they did scale some stuff to work on other projects that are making them money which makes sense you got to make money as well so what on my point is is like if you like if you're going to invest do some super super uh, due diligence in it it's actual like a vc investment opportunity hmm. or rooneyverse and the graphics are awesome and the video is awesome i'll have it in my news uh link to it it's really cool i, I can't get it to put it into t- twitter directly uh, you'll have to go to the Substack. I was trying to work out how to download the video from Substack, but it's, then I noticed a comment um, or, or a flag that the, where it said video in, in the code, no download, which <laughs> so they've set it to no download to be able to not download the video. So, oh, well. Yeah, uh, I, uh, real, I was real, actually trying to fun. find them. I don't think I'm looking at the same game you're talking about, but uh, that is a little concerning that they weren't building in the bear. I mean, that's... IMX talks about that all the time, that building in the bears where some of the most crucial progress is made because you're not distracted by everything else. And that's a little head-scratching that they would, you know, take them up. I, that makes me wonder, maybe they got something that we just can't see and IMX has the trained eyes to be like, all right, there's something here. We, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to take a gamble on this, you know? Now, the studio that they've got is like a Web2 studio, been around for years, yeah, and they're building Rooneyverse. So that's why Immutable invested in them. Okay. So when it went to bear market, they scaled down, like on cut all the stuff that didn't wasn't necessary, moved some of the devs out into their other web two projects and had a skeleton team still working on the project. That's what I'm 
that's what they've claimed. But to the community, there was no feedback. There was, their, their Twitter was the funniest Twitter ever, and it really wound down to nothing virtually. Uh, and their Discord had no announcements and no, no activity. So to the community, it looks like that. But it actually, I actually believe them that they're, you know, they're going, that that's what they did. Because you just don't know. Have you seen, heard about how many games companies go bankrupt, mate? Like it's not a, it's a cutthroat industry. Yep. It, there's ten, there's ten thousand mobile games a month released, mm. ten thousand a month, mate. You know, everyone goes, oh, there's so much money in mobile, it's, it's the easy path. But mate, it's not. There's only about 160 PC games launched a month, and there's ten thousand mobile. So if you do the math, the chance of success is way higher in PC. So, gotcha. Anyway, yeah. But Rooneyverse, yeah, it, I really was impressed with that. That that uh, video is like a bit of cinematic, but a lot of in-game stuff as well. It's two minutes of just pure, and they're really creative people. So that's why I, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, a couple of last things about the shorts would have been the, is a couple of play tests. Kaizen, they had their, they're token gated still, but uh, they also off, they're also offering, they're the ones that got done by the SEC and had to pay like a six or $7 million fine and offer refunds. So they're they're now in this phase of offering refunds for everyone that holds tokens, uh, the, these tokens. So uh, we'll see. Interesting to see what happens with that. Um, Eon Rift has got their TCG coming um, beta. You can sign up for it now. Go onto their Discord and apply for it. And Evermoon um, has their um, playtest coming up in December, later on this month. Um, we also have some beta giveaways for Evermoon. So I'm going to post in the Discord in the Evermoon forums under Evermoon you, uh, the link to sign up. I think you got to the 12th of December to sign up or the 7th. One, I'll need to double check that. Just check the Discord. It'll be written there, but check soon. Um, and you need to um, check the instructions on how to qualify for it. And it's through listening to us. Um, it, so make sure you read that. That's another. That's a mobile-based MOBA game, Evermoon. It's looking. It's pretty sick graphics as well. So if you like MOBAs, um, get in on it early and it's a reward and the reward for playing the, the test is a nft that means that you will get better drops in the game if you decide to play it so pretty powerful nft from for play testing it oh nice did you post yeah. it on your twitter for that i did um and I'll, I'll but i'm going to put it in, i'm going to put it into the discord so you need to join the if you, you need to find it in twitter or you need to join our discord to and look under the thread under evermoon to See what's to see how to get into it. Nice. But that's Very it nice. for me on the on the short on the short news, mate. Um, we're done on the short news for today. Fantastic. <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I just like that was next. Uh, uh, this guy. I'm gonna crack my neck. What a jo- <laughs> what, what an absolute joker. Seriously, how unprofessional can you be? <laughs> Seriously, it's like it's disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful, this guy. Well, I gotta walk you back a little bit here. He, he I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit positive. Uh, I don't have a man crush on this guy. I, I, <laughs> you do, I, no, liar. I, I don't have a man crush on this guy. Slight, slight, slight man crush. He did follow crush. me though, slight. so that was pretty cool. But uh... I'd block him if he followed me. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Paul Barron, of course, people. Yeah. Paul Barron. So the tech guru that knows nothing I've about been tech. watching him for a while and he's been around for a while 
and he runs a very professional podcast uh, or stream, whatever you want to call it. He does. He, I'm, uh, I'm uh, excuse me. He he runs the perception of a professional stream. Yes. Well, the background looks great, and the way he dresses, and just you know the way he can babble on. But as a technical person, he knows nothing about tech. Nothing I'm at not, all. I'm not going to say that. I promise you that. You I can promise say you. That. No, he knows I'm nothing. I'm not going to say that. But uh, his uh, bias, his bias is really, really showing. Um, he was literally. He's literally trying to poach games from IMX. I've seen this before with uh, uh, Wagme Games. And I, I was yeah. like, is he trying to poach them? And he put them in some uncomfortable questions, I could tell. And then like, I was like, ah, maybe I was misreading it. But this one was for sure. He, he interviewed uh, Dan Warwick, I think it is. I'm, oh, man, I hope I didn't yeah. butcher his last name. He's, from, uh, he's uh, yeah. one of the head guys at uh, Alluvium. Yeah, it's Grant. It's, there's the three brothers that run the, Did I say the, own the game. He's a... Oh my god! You're talking about who he interviewed? Yeah, Grant Warwick. I hope I didn't yeah, butcher Grant that Warwick. name. I hate butcher names. I'm no. terrible at names. But anyway, I'd say, I'd say it's Warwick. Yep. Yeah. So he interviewed him, and not too long after the beginning, he went into this talk about IMX being in walled gardens, and he was really trying to bait them into them being wanting to go into other chains, and he was specifically talking about Solana. And we know how big uh, Paul Barron is on Solana. It's all he talks about anymore. And that and Avalanche. But he's really on the Solana warpath. And I'm not bashing Solana at all. I want to learn more about Solana. They have some really cool apps that are building off of them. Very, very interesting apps. Uh, it's for, From what I can tell, it's still very fast. It's still very cheap. Uh, there is some questions about security because they haven't been out long and they had problems in the past. But... Hmm. They, they, he just, he, he was literally trying to get them to think about going to other chains and getting them to say it on his uh, interview. And Warwick wouldn't talk about. It. He's like, I don't, I'm not gonna really talk about that. And, and yeah. you could tell there was a level of uncomfortability there about it. And I have more thoughts on this, but let me let you talk about it first. So I'm telling you now, he doesn't have much knowledge about. It. It's a very surface level of technology he's got. Um, some of the things he says are just completely wrong. Um, Solana is got momentum, and if Ethereum doesn't hurry up and get these zk equivalent chains and make them all interoperable and and end the walled gardens that they that they're creating, because the walled garden means anywhere where there's not liquidity. Yeah, that's what he's trying to say. There's no liquidity because it's it's its own little world. Well. Like it's not interoperable. Well, he doesn't know that actually you can send any NFT from Mutable X onto Ethereum Layer One, anyone from any game. You just need to learn it. They don't allow, they don't have the tool to do it. But if you know how to code, you can you can write a program that will send your NFT to Layer One. And people have done it. There are tools that do it, but they're not like open to the world. But why would Immutable create that? Why would they want people to send? nfts to another chain like when they're not designed for that they're games developers their games are unimmutable but so solana is great but the grant is a, a designer his job is to design like actual graphics designer mm -hmm. yeah he does not 
He doesn't know anything about blockchain <laughs> in terms of how it's been integrated. He wouldn't have any. He wouldn't be in the blockchain meetings. I doubt he would. He wouldn't have the time to. You've seen how busy they are and how much how much their artwork they pump out. Right. There's 800 allu- allu- alluvials, you know, and and then all those there's thousands and thousands of alluvitars combinations and things like that they had to design. He's too busy to talk about. And they he clipped that where he didn't know how to answer that question and made it look like hit hit, hit that clip made it look like. He he, he's considering leaving immutable. That, that which was is just far from the tone. That was far from the tone. He didn't want to even touch. No, 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 no. The clip that I saw, I only saw like eleven or twelve second clip. Right. And and he and it was like made to look like he, that he wasn't happy with immutable and he's going to leave it. And, he, and it was actually the full context will be it's not my job. I don't know what you're talking about. But right. the walled garden thing is Solana's got a fair bit of liquidity on it because it's the second biggest chain after after ethereum which is about 80 percent of all volume is on ethereum and about 10 percent on on solana and then there's 10 percent on all other chains so if you think about that liquidity that's every other chain other than ethereum is really its own world garden there's not no one's there's no immutable is not this own world garden every avac is a world garden arbitrum's a world garden there's no liquidity liquidity on any chain other than Ethereum and Solana. And I actually, since I wrote that post and reply to him, when he wrote a the Immutable X is a walled garden and on that list, and I replied to him, I went and looked at uh, CryptoSlam.io and looked at the top selling collections of all time. Illyrium's done $20 million on a game that's not out yet. Yeah, there's been beta, but it's not out yet. You can't, they're not integrated into the game. So people are buying twenty million. No, it's not buying secondary trades. Twenty million dollars on a game that's not out. There's no other game that high on the whole. It's about four hundredth, or maybe yeah, about four hundredth in the top between three and four hundred somewhere. It's it's listed as that number of secondary sales. Nearly every single other listing is a either fully released game or just a PFP collection. So, you know, yeah, he, just, uh, just, he, he acknowledged he's that, disc- sorry, go ahead. He's just a disgrace, mate. He's, that, he, he's done that to Wagme Games, try to get them to go and join uh, Solana. And now he's doing it with, with Alluvium, which is like being a massive partner of Immutables, like the number one partner, if anything, probably. Yeah, right? he called uh, them that. He said that he thought that they were their number one game and they're even above Gods Unchained. And he, uh, he, he was really really pressing them about it and my my take was that the the team at alluvium they're they're probably at their max of what they can handle everything they're trying to do and while they would love more volume and that's what this is about it's about volume it's, it's about mm-hmm. volume and that's why he's trying to poach them is to get more quality volume over to the solana chain and that's the last thing on their mind, probably. Would they like to have it? Sure. But Alluvium, they want to get a quality game out, and they're doing it in baby steps. You don't eat an elephant all at once. You eat it at a piece at a time to eat it all. Mm. But it takes time to do that. And you can't rush this stuff. There's just there's so many intricacies that, we, that you might know them, but I don't even understand them. And I, the, the walled garden thing kind of miffs me. Now, I understand... Solana probably is not as big as a walled garden as IMX is because they can they can go they're 
their NFTs can go to Ethereum also, correct? No. Not not natively. Well, then aren't they a walled garden then too, by, by technicality? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what what I'm, that's my whole point. That's I my mean, whole point, mate. Like, nobody it, has mastered uh... this. Nobody has mastered this. And there is, I am so sick of hearing about interoperability. I've been hearing about interoperability since 2013. <laughs> and nobody has mastered it. Has it gotten better? Absolutely 100%. But nobody has mastered it. You cannot go from chain to chain with frictionless, secure, fast, cheap. Nobody's nah. mastered it. So to come out and be like, oh, you know, IMX is a walled garden and, you know, but Solana isn't, I think it's kind of horse crap. I mean, you, you... <laughs> Do you know, the ironic thing is that when ZK VM lands, well, the test net's there, but in January, which is only about two, maximum two months away from, is that Immutable instantly becomes the least walled garden out of every chain on even, even including Solana. It will be instantaneous bridging. I saw something confirmed in the discord in the built in the dev chat about um someone asked a question actually the game they're considering solana as well um and they said that can i get my layer one to, is it bridged already like ready is the bridge ready to go from layer one to layer two to zkvm and they listed the token types that can they've already got the bridge designed for which means that they'll be like anyone with a layer one erc20 um a, a 721 a 1155 like there's a couple others as well when it's mainnet you'll be able to just click a button and your nft arrives on immutable and works out of the box right no changes no extra code literally that simple so it that's the ironic thing very soon his no his walled garden argument is gonna have to find something else to try and attack immutable because that'll be the least the walled garden there is even less than solana <laughs> that's gonna be awesome i can't wait for that yeah i mean Man. i i don't have any problems with solana i want to learn more about it i want to learn more about these chains to be honest with you and i you know my stance i'm not i'm rooting for all these chains i i want interoperability i want more options i want more features and i don't as, as much as i like imx i'm looking at other chains too because let's face it this is a race this is a race everybody wants that volume because volume equals money money equals more ability to develop your product and become number one and that's what this is about and i i think like our guest said i think imx is the adult in the room i think they've got the connections and i'm leaning more and more and more towards the more important thing right now we've been saying quality games you got to have a good game that's everyone's saying that i'm so sick of hearing that but i honestly in my opinion, I'm shifting more and more daily that networking and connections is the more important thing right now. And I think IMX has a leg up on everybody with that. You can see all the partnerships mm -hmm. they're making. You can see all the deals they're making and the pieces they're, they're putting in place where they can't do something. They're going and getting the best people that can do it via third party for them to handle it so that they can continue on. And I think, I think at the end of the day, networking and connections is going to push people over the edge versus a quality game. Not that quality games are not good, uh, important. Mm. Um, let's move on. I've had enough of talking about this guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he doesn't get, I don't, he doesn't, I don't want him to live rent free in my mind. But yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't, AVAX is going to be a big player. It's obvious. Look at their games that they've got. It doesn't matter if you've got 500 games. Look at BNB. They've got 500 games. They're all see, garbage. Uh... Did you see JP Morgan or something was looking at AVAX? Did you see that? 
No. That was Dude, interesting. I, I was like, huh? What are they doing looking at them? So it's something to watch. Australia's building a, a CBDC on um, AVAX, mate. They've got, they've got, they're more than just a games chain. They're big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to learn more about them too. I want to learn more about them too. Yeah. I think honestly, personally, I, I really think it's going to come down to Immutable and AVAX as the two leaders in gaming. I don't think it'll be like a, it wouldn't be good to have just one chain, you know, like that everyone builds on because, you know, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not good for consumers, but, um, but I think, you know, it's looking like Immutable and AVAX at the moment are the big ones and Solana, you know, I, I don't know why right I could see. I could totally see IMX teaming up with one of these guys, just like they did with Polygon. <laughs> it's just what IMX does, man. They're all about absorbing and getting more connections, man. I, I could just well, see it happening. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, let's move on. Mm -hmm. um, what we got next? Uh, Alluvium's not going to Solana, Paul. Sorry, mate. Anyway, multi-chain games. <laughs> um, so this is like the last little bit I wanted to talk about, like, we're seeing a lot of multi-chain games and there's different reasons for it, in my opinion. Do you want to go into what your opinion is on, on, on the multi-game chain? I'll go through some of them actually first and then you, I'll ask you what, you what you think. So like Space Falcon. So out of the immutable games that were announced recently, six of them, I think, were multi-chain. So Space Falcon or Aviatrix, they're building a linear as well, which is another ZK EVM equivalent chain. And also Polyhedra, which is a bridge. And I looked at it, it's like a bridge to bridge, um, like to make NFTs multi-chain. Like you don't even know what chain it's on. You just choose your chain and, and it just works. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and if you buy it, it just, it looks like it's a tool that makes um, NFTs whatever the word is, ubiquitous. I don't know. Um, it's where it doesn't matter what chain it is, but mm -hmm. it allows people to use whatever, whatever chain they want and they mix, mix and matches and it doesn't affect it. So it looks like that's one thing there. Um, again, so uh, Vulcan Ford, Asta, which is Asta's another Polygon ZKVM chain, just relaunched. Um, and I asked them, why are, you got, why are you doing this? And they're like, well, different chains have different regions strengths. So we're just trying to get to, every, to, <clears throat> you know, to reach the biggest audiences. And Genso mm -hmm. just launched an FT, an FT collection on Vulcan Forge. And then there's Fuse Wars where they've got Theta, their favorite chain, but they're also going to mutable. We're thinking there, yeah, we've already talked about them. Maybe you don't have the technology to get the game out like they need to. Um, Rave Racer, Venom, they're still got, like they announced Immutable, and then they, then shortly after they have a token airdrop, the token launch, and they still spew in venom. This they have a, they have an NFT drop and a token announcement a couple of days after announcing immutable, um, and they don't even talk about immutable ever. Then there's Galactico's manager. They announced ZKVM, and then a couple of weeks later, a week later, they announced Hedera, and they they're all talking about Hedera all the time now. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's Avalon. The, the MMO in Dark Country that announced they're coming to Immutable, but they're already out games that are out and they've got, they're both on wax. And now they're coming to Immutable to do a, to do a, and announce drops without any information at all about how Immutable is going to be integrated. They're just going to do a drop on, an, on, on Immutable. And they think that that's just going to galvanize a huge community. They come and buy like pixels on a Ronin's different. They left Polygon and moved to Ronin. 
You know what I mean? They're not on Polygon anymore. They're just they're single chain. Uh-huh. These ones are just, just putting a collection out. It feels like to me that they're just putting out these NFTs to to grift into that community, and they probably should have done it on Ronin because they they seem to like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's it's like we're gamers and we're going to play the game that that's a good game. You know, and it it a drop on it, just because you drop a, a part of your game set on it on immutable isn't interesting to me in the game. I don't care like it's different to these chain maxi dgen chains you know um and then there's sale wars that announced immutable and a few other chains and then immutable announced the sale wars is building exclusively on immutable after they already announced and then two days later they announced they're building on conflux never heard of it but it looks like it's a chinese chain hmm. and then citizen conflicts in another big bnb chain one and they've also look like they're they're integrating polyhedera again so again another story like uh space falcon like building on a multi-chain so if you're building with polyhedera it sounds like you're definitely staying on one chain so you've got these all these different angles that people are going or games developers going on for different reasons and you know there's trying to use communities to to build your you know to chain maxis and dgens to to get them to buy into your game like the games are not doing as well as they wanted to so they announce another chain to try and get more users and then there's you know i think hopefully rave is building on immutable still and and, and but i'm gonna just gonna put a, a um prediction out there i don't i don't think we ever see rave on immutable i just got a funny feeling no i might be wrong yeah mm-hmm. What did you, what did, you, I've gone on for a bit. I've rambled a bit there, man. No, so what no. did you think? No, you hit a lot of great points. I think you're dead on. Um, this goes back to a very simple thing. Money, a.k.a. volume. Everybody's chasing it. They need it in some cases or they want it. And it's unfortunately, it's it's the lifeblood. you got to have money to keep developing, keep your team paid. They've got bills to pay. Uh, I just hope IMX has some form of legal teeth or some sort of financial teeth into these projects that they're bringing in. Because my concern is IMX is trying to get volume as well. Let's not be, let's, let's be real about it. Um, They got to have it Mm. too, just like every chain. And Mm. they're opening up the doors. They want as much, as many games as possible because their theory is and i think it's the right theory you get all these games in one place and you just need one hit to really propel you and that's what they're going for they're going for as many lotto tickets as they can get to get that one hit but i hope that they aren't inviting into these companies games whatever you want to call them into their ecosystem giving them tools and information to help them and then they just leave once they extract whatever they can out of IMX. Yeah. I hope there's some form of, no, you can't do that without paying a penalty or there's some legal ramifications or whatever. Right? I can I can actually answer that question for you. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's certain, but doing my little uh, investigation as I do um, on certain things, another, ch- I'm not going to say the game, it's, it's, all, it's completely on Ethereum and it was announced years ago unimmutable maybe over a year ago and uh i saw just a message from this the founder there about how they're not happy about something because they announced for immutable x yeah and now immutable is com- pivoted to zkvm and they're not their their energy is completely on zkvm because that's the future yeah mm-hmm. that's the long-term future for right immutable. 
And so obviously the games that were coming on Immutable X aren't getting the service they thought they should. And the comment was, we've looked at other chains, but unfortunately we're on, with a contract on Immutable. So not much we can do about it. So the comment was that they have to stay on Immutable because of the contract they signed. That yeah, was the message I got. Well, I'm not sure every every game would do that. Also, the other thing, well, another angle why this could be happening, why would Immutable sign these games and then announce it? Like, it looks good, but also it doesn't look good when it doesn't turn out. So well, when sales... Well, there's my theory, I've got one more point to make, sorry. No, the, go ahead. The, sale, the sales people, yeah, they've got targets to hit. And I used to work in sales, so in business-to-business -business sales. And... You know, and I've seen people that didn't perform because I was quite high performing. I didn't have to worry about doing this. I just, I made, I was the top performers for eight quarters in a row. But the people that, you know, come in, they're just not cut out for this industry. They, um, like they, they fudge numbers and they go, yeah, I've signed this game. And it's like, you know, what the language that they use with that game, they, they bing the bell. We won, we've signed them, but that never come to fruition, to, but it buys them time because it looks perception of being doing the good. What, sorry, what were you going to say? You made a lot of good points there. I really think Immutable is, is going for quantity to get one to three, hopefully five hit games eventually, but they need that first one. But th to be fair, I think this is on every single chain right now. Like I, I'm, I'm doing a 12 days of uh, IMX miss coming up at the halfway point of the month. And I wrote down, I'm going to have a game featured each day from IMX. And I wrote down 12 slots. And I got to about six of some of their most popular brands. And then I had to, like, really think about it. I was like, oh, what do I have after these six? And while they, you were right. Help you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help. Like, who to go with? There's, there's a lot more than six. But, like, who is the top of the top? of these 12 yeah. that's who i want to feature like who's their big 12 and i had to really think about it after the first six so my point being is yes they have a lot of announcements and stuff like that but so does everyone else well no 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 actually i take that back a lot of other companies don't have the announcements because they don't have the connections and the networking which i've been beating on this podcast about and so who do you want to go with do you want to go with the company that has a lot more chances or the company that has a lot fewer chances and for me that's the that's the selling point of imx yeah not all of them are going to be hits we're going to have a lot mm. of losers along the way that's going to happen it's part of the attrition of this so uh yeah i i think as long as imx is protecting itself i mean they keep going this path and i can see why the games are doing it too it's all about that volume and money man mm. yeah well i'm just i don't know it's annoying to me. Like, it's like the chain shouldn't matter. You should just build your game and then build, build with the best technology and then spend on your money on marketing and trying to make it win. And if it doesn't win, leave, but that's easy for me to say, Oh, I've never created something like this. So maybe they're trying to stay above, you know, staying above water just to get your money back or something like that. I'm sure some games oh. do that. I'm, I'm sure there are some games that do that and they, they go that route, but there's a lot of them that are, are gonna chase that money i mean that's it's a lot like that in a lot of businesses throughout the world even outside of gaming unfortunately but you know some some make it some don't and some of the quality projects that are trying to build that good game on the best technology some of them don't make it and some of them do and 
it's a it's a giant it's a giant race right now. It's it's very it's a very fascinating time uh, here in the West. We we I like to uh, make this similar to the uh, the journey out west when we first started here. They call it the uh, the Oregon Trail. It was very popular here. It was a game actually at one point. It was like a lot of people went out west seeking fame and fortune and find new territory, and a lot of people died trying to do it. So you know, only a few made it. <laughs> and they were prosperous and that's that's part of the journey we're on right now mm. anyway that's uh food for thought um next week oh don't forget uh we didn't mention it but alluvium's released now it's open to anyone epic game store mm-hmm. if you haven't if you haven't played it uh it's pretty pretty polished um yeah it's um it's i i'm starting to understand now there's a sam withers DJ Sam Withers, he done, done a video on how on the mechanics in a really good way, and I now understand the game on what the things are. And I've I just played the game just then before this pod, and won again because I kind of get it now. So I, I actually don't like auto battlers, but I I'm starting to enjoy. I'm actually enjoying Alluvium, um, nice. and, and now and now I'm starting to understand it. It's definitely there's a bit of strategy to it, and it's not just a the same old, same old. There's so much different variety and stuff that can happen that you've got to be on your toes. So it's, it's quite an interesting game. I, it, I'm now convinced it's going to be a huge hit. Like I think millions of plays. Nice. Good to hear. Very good to hear. But anyway, that's uh, that's us for this week, mate. Uh, thanks for doing what you do, mate, and, and asking the heavy-hitting questions and carrying me, mate. I really appreciate it each week. Oh, same to you, man. It was a great episode 20. We had a great guest, uh, great follow-up, uh, great talk about the professional that lives in your head paul baron i mean no i'm sorry i didn't mean all that <laughs> but i'm gonna make some fun clips out of this and there's a good chance i'll be tagging paul baron <laughs> all right mate well you have a good night i'll see you in episode 21 in a week's time you too everybody take care bye-bye now